Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She is a well-known stock picker, and she has a whole practice at helping people improve their personal finances. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Hi, thanks for having me. Just for people who do not know all about you, just give them a brief introduction to uh, your history and how you've gotten to where you are today. You know, I started out by having to live my way into the answers because I was a single mom and life didn't add up. And I figured at the point that I had to do two things. And one was I needed to earn money while I sleep. And the second was that I needed to have a real budget that worked. Like I was reading all these books that said, cut out cafe lattes. And, you know, my son and I hadn't had ice cream for a couple of years. So I knew that wasn't going to be the solution. So, um, you know, I did the uh, earn money while you sleep quite well. And a lot of very high profile people started tracking me. And then I was ranked the number one stock picker. And, you know, 20 years later, I'm uh, still adding a splash of green to Wall Street and transforming lives on Main Street, and I love it. Very good. So let's start <clears throat> with an overall view of the markets and the economy. We had a very volatile year. The pandemic really hurt the economy a lot, yet the stock market soared to one all-time record high after another. What is your evaluation of what were the main forces causing things the way they worked out in 2020 before we get to the, what's coming this year? Yeah, so obviously the pandemic was the major um, game shit, game changer, right? And then um, the Federal Reserve printing up over four and a half trillion dollars was what brought it back. Because, you know, the only way that we can have stocks soaring is if people are actually buying them again. And by the way, even Treasury bills had dried up. I mean, the bond market, illiquid, stocks 35% down. Uh, but even there was a tough time with Treasury bills and even the U.S. dollar. So what I would say to people is that, yes, we're really happy that the markets came back. And also the, um, you know, financial advisors did uh, their job, which, um, you know, is what the financial services industry is kind of built on. They said, hey, you should buy on the bounce. And then they got people to buy back in. Um, Right now, equities are overextended. And in fact, that's one of the um, you know, t- top 10 things that the feds are a little worried about, that the Fed, um, assets are overextended. So we are supposed to see a recovery year in 2021, but that is more than priced in already in stocks. So that's, um, you know, buying into uh, hopes of a recovery could, in fact, not pay off. Okay, so we've had this huge rally. We hit all-time record highs. We're at the beginning beginning of 2021. The impression I'm getting from you, you think the stock market may be a little overvalued and and bubblicious, I guess you might say. Is it dangerous uh, to go into the stock market, even as an index fund, before we go into particular sectors? Is that dangerous at current levels? Well, no, I think that people should not think I should go in or I should go out. Market timing is the worst strategy of all. The second worst strategy is buy and hope. What does work is to be properly diversified and to have enough safe. In today's world, in addition to having enough safe, you have to know what's safe in a world where bonds are illiquid and negative yielding. So what I would say to you is that the most dangerous thing of all is having blind faith that your financial advisor is going to protect you well 
because a lot of the assets that they would use to protect you are actually problematic. And then um, also thinking, oh, well, I can just, um, you know, try to jump in when thing, I think things are hot or jump out when I think things are not hot anymore. Um, are assets uh, overextended? They are very high. Um, it's like buying a cafe latte for $50. The problem is that most people don't understand how to price stocks. They just want to buy them. And when they see that the prices are going up, they want to buy, buy, buy. And when they see that the prices are going down, then they want to sell, sell, sell. So the marketplace, if you're following headlines, is all, you're always going to be doing the wrong thing. So what the right thing is, is um, modern portfolio theory with one to three times a year rebalancing. So, you know, you never are all out and you never are all in. And by also what I do in my pie chart system is I add in hot industries. So as an example, we've been overweighting technology for, you know, the past decade and technology has led the recovery. Um, So, you know, if you want to get into hot things, obviously we're going to talk about it. I'm sure cryptocurrency is crazy because that one has gone up tenfold, right? Well, if you have one or two hot slices, that's a very good idea. Buying and holding in cryptocurrency has been a real problem as well. So again, the annual rebalancing becomes a buy low, sell high system on autopilot that actually takes the emotions out of it. Your emotions are always going to tell you to do the wrong thing because again, when things are going up, you want to join the party. That's a natural thing. And when things are going down, you think the house is on fire and you want to run out of the building. That's the natural response as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, investors, what we call it, as you know this terminology well, you, you have a plan that works and you stick to your knitting. One thing I will say, though, is that buy and hope is not a plan that works. It is a ride the Wall Street roller coaster plan that's been losing more than half. 21st century is different than the 20th century. Even the Federal Reserve Board admitted that. They said, um, you know, look, before the 21st century, uh, our expansions used to end in inflation. And then, you know, they had to worry about raising interest rates to stem off inflation. Well, in the 21st century, our expansions end with financial instability. And that's the one thing that a lot of Main Street investors are not um, aware of is that you know they understand it a little bit like they're that's probably why cryptocurrency is so hot they say you know we can't just keep printing money like there's no tomorrow but they don't really understand how that is actually financially unstable to have you know more than half of the S&P 500 at or near junk bond status and how how that unfolds and you know how that could be even worse than the great recession so let's talk about that a little, the financial instability. You're talking about in the corporate sector, but if there's some kind of a stimulus program, you got the Fed Reserve, as you said, printing literally trillions of dollars. Is that a, a road to financial instability to take on this amount of debt, both in the government and the private sector? Well, we this the biggest red flag that financial instability is with us is what happened in March. So in March, we had, you know, nobody wanted to buy stocks. By the way, the bond market has been very, very illiquid since prior to the pandemic. It was, um, you know, it was a real problem in December. So, you know, if you, in my my blog, if you go to nataliepace.com, 
com blog and you click on the crystal ball blog, then you can link over to an article on bonds. And, you know, I think it's just really important to understand what it means to have an illiquid bond market because that's where most people are safe in their 401ks and in their IRAs. So when we start having that problem, I mean, you know, people say, oh, well, it's limited to the corporate sector. Not really. When you think about muni bonds that try to get you to buy in for 30 years and they're borrowing and borrowing and if they can't really pay them back, you know, we've seen how that's happened in Europe previously. the Greek bond price crisis took down some fund companies here in the U.S. too. And it's, uh, you know, so, you know, I don't want people to get lost in the weeds of this. But what I would say is this. If you were worried in March, then the right answer right now is actually financial literacy. So you need to have a plan that doesn't lose 35% like it did in March or 55% like it did in the Great Recession or 78% like stocks did in, um, you know, in the dot-com recession, like the dot-com stocks did. Yeah. So, in, you know, again, if you're, you, if you're properly diversifying, then when things go crazy, like your tech stocks double or your Bitcoin, you know, goes up 10 times and you have that rebalancing in place, um, you know, that pie chart is saying, hey, you don't want to have, you know, 30% of your portfolio in Bitcoin sell high. And even if you'd sold high when it was at 40,000 and now it's only at 33,000 and it's down 50%, 15%, you'd be super happy because if it goes down further, you can buy more low. So yeah. again, annual rebalancing and that pie chart system takes the emotions out of it, makes it easy as a pie chart, but it also prompts you to buy low and sell high. And I think that's what in, um, Main Street investors really need to understand. It's not market timing. It's not don't get in the markets because they're overpriced or you know don't get out because you'd be selling low. It's always, you. yes, you want to be in, but you want to be in appropriately, percent equal to your age safe, overweight safe. If you think it's overvalued, I do, and we are overweighting safe. So you actually have a video conference coming up this coming weekend. Uh, Tell people a little bit about that and how they can find out more about it. Yeah, so it's a three-day financial literacy retreat. It's a great way to start off the new year, new you. It's life transformational. So the first day is nest egg strategies. The second day is what's hot and how to avoid the, the companies that are in trouble of bankruptcy. And the third day is what's safe. And again, if you can't get safe in bonds, And even if long-term treasury bills are illiquid, then what is safe? And so we have to spend one full day on that. Um, You can call 310-430-2397 to learn more. You can go to nataliepace.com. There's a a banner ad there about the January 16th retreat. You can click on that and it'll give you all kinds of information, including testimonials. Terrific. I think people learn a lot at that. We're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She's a well-known stock picker and financial advisor. You can find out more about her and all of what she offers at her website, nataliepace.com. We'll be back after this. Wish you were in early on some of the best-performing IPOs of 2019 and 2020. With our crowd, accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and most important, early. Our crowd investors have benefited from our crowd companies going IPO, such as Beyond Meat, or being bought by companies like Intel, Nike, Microsoft, and Oracle. 
our crowd's investment professionals leverage their extensive network to review some of the most promising private companies and startups in the world. Their in-depth due diligence includes meeting with management teams and generally comprehensive vetting of deals they decide to make part of their own portfolio. Once our crowd has selected a deal, they offer accredited investors the opportunity to invest alongside them with the same terms. If you're an accredited investor, you can join our crowd for free at OURCROW.com slash answers and review the current deals. No payment is involved until you decide to participate in a deal. After you review deals, you have access to our crowd's investor relations team, who you can talk to directly on the phone about your personal investment goals. The investment professionals at our crowd have already reviewed thousands of companies, invested hundreds of millions of dollars, closed investments in over 200 companies, and chosen dozens of companies that have made exits. Accredited investors can participate in a single company deal for as little as $10,000 or one of our crowd's funds for as little as $50,000. Today, you can join our crowd's investment in Blue Green Water Technologies, a startup that keeps our water safe. Global water supplies are under attack from toxic algae blooms making water undrinkable. Blue Green's proprietary EPA-approved technology eliminates the toxic algae poisoning the world's water resources. You can get in early on Blue Green and other unique opportunities at rcrowd.com slash answers. If you're interested in investing, you need to join our crowd. The R Crowd account is free, so just go to OURCROW.com slash answers. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. 
well-known stock picker, financial advisor. You can find out much more about Natalie at her website, nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thanks for having me. So the hottest of the hot have been the cryptocurrencies, where uh, Bitcoin went over 40000 recently. It uh, just had an enormous rise last year. What do you make of it? Why is, is cryptocurrency so hot, and Bitcoin particularly, and would you still put some money into it at these current levels? Um, no, I, w- I don't like buying high, so I wouldn't. And um, But the interesting thing is that some of the, like the Bitcoin cash is not nearly as high as, as that. And I think that is kind of an important thing to think about, right, is that when uh, Bitcoin hit $20,000, and that was at the end of 2017, uh, Bitcoin cash actually had a big run up as well. And this time around, Bitcoin Cash has been fairly subdued. So if you were interested in crypto, so when uh, Bitcoin hit its all-time high, Bitcoin Cash, just as an example, went over $2,000 and it's only at four. Hold on, it went up to, oh, looks like it went up over $4,000. And right now it's only at 420 24, whereas Bitcoin is at, um, Bitcoin is already down 15% just in the last few days, just FYI. So um, I think that's just an important thing to think about because um, we can talk about why it's going up, but I think Yeah, what what is driving Bitcoin? What what is the reason this has gone up so much? Is it just fear of missing out? Are some people saying this is the new gold and it's kind of an alternative to currencies because all the central banks around the world are printing so much that people want something different? Is that what's driving it? So it's all those three things and it's headlines. So remember, if you wait for the headlines, it's too late. So, you know, the people that were initially interested in it, um, you know, boatloads of um, time ago, they were interested in it as an alternative currency. Then you get, um, you know, some of the banks saying, hey, we like blockchain too, or yeah, we think that we're going to actually, like JP Morgan has actually even tr- uh, got a JP Morgan coin and it actually has tried its first trade. Uh, China is launching its own cryptocurrency yuan and they're going to try to back it with gold. Uh, Venezuela tried it and failed. Um, but the Bahamas tried it and failed. Obviously, Ripple tried it and failed. So what I would say is you have to be really careful here because there's a lot of crypto criminals there's also people that use it they they just like anything i mean we we remember penny pot stock scams back in 2017 so you know whenever there's a massive amount of buzz the cryptocurrency criminals and uh you know anybody who's interested in making a quick buck is going to try to jump on the bandwagon so i say the first red flag is be careful of anything that says it's like Bitcoin. You're going to have to examine who the major players are, the C-levels, the CEO, etc. How long they've been in business? What were their prior um, business entities? Did they fail or succeed? Are they kind of known to be uh, marketers who repeatedly get fined by the SEC and then they just go on to a different company? Or is it really a good alternative? Uh, At least Bitcoin Cash was a hard fork. So it's a, you know, it's a cousin of Bitcoin. Um, Ethereum has a better um, track record and it's up pretty high too. But I think that the most important thing I would say is this, is if you want to get crypto, then maybe first of all, you got to establish the, you know, a reputable company that you can do your trading on. 
Coinbase is very well capitalized, and on the board is Mark Andreessen, who's the biggest venture capitalist in sure. Silicon Valley. Yeah. So, you know, it's a it's a major player. You could start a wallet there. But I would say to you is that the general rules of know what you're buying, pick the leader, buy low, sell high are going to apply. So it's my three-ingredient recipe for cooking up profits. So, so um, you know, it's always going to be applicable. And Bitcoin, one last warning on Bitcoin. So it hit 20,000 at the end of 2017 within 2 months it was it had lost over 55%. We had bitcoin suicides. I mean people going all in. So again, if you are interested in a hot slice of currency, then go to nataliepace.com, mock up your own pie chart and do one, two or three hot slices of all of crypto. Do yeah. not do all of your life savings. <laughs> Don't bet the farm on it. Good idea. Okay, you have various themes we want to hit. One of them is what you call oil versus the pajama commute. So a lot of people are working from home, maybe permanently now. How does that affect the outlook for investments in the energy world? And how, is that, how do you play that theme of people working from home, maybe permanently? Yeah, so I think this is really interesting because, um, you know, when we're talking about the stocks hitting all-time highs again, right, we're talking about a technology and a biotechnology and, you know, Tesla-led rally. We are not talking about an airlines or oil and gas-led rally. Those are still in trouble. In fact, a lot of oil companies are restructuring and, you know, and a lot of them have been hanging on and borrowing money, hoping that we'll just start driving as much as we did or flying as much as we did. And there are many very smart people, not just, you know, what I think, that really think that some of these changes are structural. That it now that we know it is easy to have a Zoom meeting with somebody in Zurich or, you know, even an executive board meeting where people do not have to fly, you know, four times a year to the same place. Um, will that impact airlines? You know, will it? Will they have to just write what they're calling right size? They used to call it downsizing, right sizing their business. Will it uh, per, more permanently affect oil and gas? So, would so, you avoid um, investing in oil and gas and airlines right now? Well. They are pretty down. And, um, you know, when we're talking about which companies are at the lowest rung of investment grade or junk bond status, you're looking at, uh, you know, a lot of those companies are going to be airlines, casinos, oil and gas, um, a, a lot of the, you know, Expedia yeah. Uh, even Netflix. So you, you might be very surprised. A lot of our banks are BBB right now. It's yeah. crazy. So those are some of the losers. Who would be some of the winners of the, the stay-at-home, uh, working-at-home trend? Well, clearly Zoom. But again, that's a lot of that is priced in. So, you know, just be careful. But have a, have a shopping list. Because, look, if the markets go down like they did in March, and, uh, you know, all of a sudden, instead of buying Zoom for 350 you can buy it for 150 then maybe you go ahead and, and have a hot slice of Zoom. So I would look at this as, um, you know, more of a stock shopping list. Things do come into favor. You know, a couple months ago, if we had been talking about 
about cannabis or even, you know, over the last year, people would be saying, oh, I lost so much money on that. Now cannabis has quadrupled the, you know, the house just decriminalized it. And with a blue Senate that may go through, we may be um, an entire North American continent with where cannabis is no longer a criminal activity. And already we're seeing like Afria quadrupled, Tilray's gone up a lot. All of the cannabis companies have seen a great gains in just the last few months. And you would continue to go into them or is it too late to get into the cannabis companies? Well, you know, again, you're going to want to do a bigger analysis, which is how are they valued versus their uh, revenue growth or potential revenue growth. But I will give you this. I mean, obviously, we can't go through a stock report card and ask the four questions and do all the things we do in a retreat. But I will tell you this. When you have a rapidly innovating company or, or industry, the company that comes up with the greatest product in that field is the one that's going to soar. So as an example, Zoom, right? So Mm -hmm. a lot of people say, it was funny because last year, a year ago when we were in our retreat, we actually were looking at Zoom on our day where we were examining what's hot. And one of the kids in the class, we we get a lot of teens that come in now because they're really interested in this. He said, oh, well, Zoom just appeared out of of nowhere. Um, You know, maybe it's a Chinese operative, blah, blah, blah. I said, Zoom did not just appear out of nowhere. I actually had um, a little Zoom video camera like 15 years ago. And it was, you know, launched out of Cypress Semiconductors in Silicon Valley. So, you know, again, the analysis is a little more difficult. But when a company comes up with the best product, it can literally go up 10 times as high in overnight. So the key here is not necessarily just buy a cannabis company. It's to really, um, you know, you don't have to go out there and, uh, you know, try all the products, but you should know why people like, you know, this product more than that product, or who's going to come up with the um, CBD uh, beer that everybody's talking about yes. that people are going to like. Very good. All right, we're going to take another break. By the way, Natalie has a uh, video conference coming up this coming weekend, uh, January uh, 16th. Um, to 18th. You can find out more at her website, nataliepace.com. It's what she calls the Crystal Ball, Crystal Ball Video Conference, where she's going to go into a lot of these things in much more uh, depth. Uh, we'll be back with Natalie after this. People need life insurance, and I just experienced it myself. My mother just died at 95, had life insurance. It was helpful for her. But a lot of people don't have enough life insurance, and they only find out they do after something has gone wrong. We've had a lot of people dying these days because of COVID that we're not expecting it, and they're going to leave behind a family that, that really was relying on their income. So it's really important to, uh, to have the correct amount of life insurance. Uh, it makes sense that people get life insurance, particularly term, which is really surprisingly affordable. So people should pay a little bit each month to protect the ones you love. If you're asking yourself this question about how to get the best life insurance, take a look at Ladder. Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get covered. You just need a few minutes, a phone, or a laptop to apply. Ladder has smart algorithms that work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. And since life insurance costs more as you age, the younger you get it, the better it's going to be. Lock in the best rate you can get today and get your family covered with Ladder. Go to ladderlife.com slash moneyanswers. 
That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash money answers. Ladderlife.com slash money answers to make sure you get the life insurance you need. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace, well-known stock picker, financial advisor. Uh, You can find out more at her website, nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thank you. You've always been known as kind of bringing green to Wall Street and bringing environmental consciousness. So one of your themes is consumption versus conservation. Tell us a little bit about that theme and how do you play it as an investor? Well, we're already seeing it a little bit in the shift towards EVs, which are the hot electric vehicles, which are the hottest thing in, um, you know, in driving. Uh, but what's interesting, and although, you know, we, because of the pandemic, we aren't seeing as many e-scooters on the road, what we have seen is that roads are becoming shared roads, that people are interested in shorter commutes. Now that, now that we know that we can work from home, who is going to want to go back to commuting a half hour or an hour a day in gridlock traffic? And the skies have never been bluer. So how does that play to money in your wallet? Well, there's a couple of ways that you can play this. A lot of times we always think, okay, I'm going to have to invest money and to make money. But in conservation idea, the way that you make money, and utilities actually have to even embrace this, is that you use less. So you can actually save thousands of dollars annually in your electric bill by uh, insulating your home property and using um, your home and using LED lighting. 
you know, reducing a commute, which most people wouldn't even have thought of before the pandemic, the average person would spend $2,000 or more on gasoline. When you combine gasoline, insurance, your car payment, all of that, it's about $7,500 a year on average. So, you know, going green actually means that you're paying less out, you're keeping more of your money. So it's a different way of thinking about that. Um, I mean, I know that a lot of times here we're talking about stock picking and picking the best stock and all of that sort of thing. But, you know, look, if, um, if, you put sol- if you live in a sunny state and you haven't put solar panels on your roof, you know, that's the best bond that you could buy. For a lot of people, it would be like having a five, 15% yield. And the payback time can be four to seven years. Uh, you could borrow money from your own 401k to put in the solar. Yep. So you want to rethink... Um, you know, you kind of want to rethink your whole budget in a different way. Again, when you know, when we started the show, you asked me about my own personal journey. Well, how do you, you know, spend less when you already can't even afford an ice cream cone? Well, you have to really rethink things. So, for instance, intergenerational housing is at an all-time high. It's higher now today than it was in the Great Depression. So, when you think about having, you know, everybody living in small units separate from one another, it's very expensive and it's actually driven up housing to be unaffordable in 60% of the U.S. So, you know... Rethinking all of this, it's greener for the planet, but it's really greener for your own budget. And, um, you know, you can find ways to to make it fun. Look, you know, in the olden days, you'd have these giant manor houses with a shared, you know, I mean, it's hard to think of it now sharing anything in a pandemic. But you would have a giant manor house with a shared kitchen and every person had very private quarters and um, having keeping the wealth in the family and rethinking wealth rather than having everybody paying rent or everybody buying their own little separate home, uh, especially when everything is so high. You know, this these are all things that are going to help you get through the pandemic. Look, all of the money that we've printed up is borrowed money. We have to pay it back. So whether you're getting a PPP loan that has to be borrowed, uh, paid back, although a lot of us can be have a, a lot of it forgiven, but um, you know all the money that we have printed up and loaned out to companies, we still have to pay that back for our, our own treasury as well. So I Are do think- specific companies that would benefit from the green trend? I mean, for Tesla's been very hot. Yeah. Uh, the past year, I know you like some solar companies. Maybe just give us one or two- green oriented companies that you think are still good to invest in at current levels? Well, you know, it, it, it is interesting. Is that I like this company called National Grid. And obviously, we can't give buy or sell recommendations. Yeah. It's not at its all-time low, and it's not at its all-time high. It's kind of mid-range, and it has a very nice yield of about 5%. And um, it does, so it's a utility company that really leans into clean energy. And so, you know, that is something that you could have. And a lot of people are, um, you know, in your value funds, you might have of a bunch of financials or this or that but utilities tend to be more buoyant when you know when we have weakness in the market so you know maybe having um, a utility in as part of your large cap value strategy okay. wouldn't be a bad idea so I know that's not quite as sexy and hot as Tesla also there's neo which is the China's mm-hmm. Tesla which has yep. been super hot although the price is already very very high uh, we had someone who found that about a year and a half ago at two bucks a share. I think it's over 50. Oh, actually, I think it's over 60 right now. Yeah. And then finally, and this is one that's not yet publicly traded, but I think it's just one to put on your radar. So the Tesla 
the co-founder and CTO is J.B. Stravel. And his new company is a company that will focus on the end of the life for the EV battery and also e-waste solutions. It's called Redwood Materials. So just keep it on the radar. Okay. Um, in the past, you've liked solar companies. Do you still like solar companies now? You know, they just are struggling with profitability and growth. Um, With a Biden administration and an entire world that puts climate change pretty much at the top of the list. Did you know that even even the red states in the U.S. think that we're not doing enough for climate change? So about I think it's about two thirds of Americans believe that we need to be doing more. And obviously the rest of the world is ahead of us on that. So um, it, it. could bode well for solar. They have struggled this year, and it probably has to do with, you know, or the past three or four years, it probably has to do with having an administration that just didn't believe in clean energy. But yeah. the, you, the next at, one does. At the beginning of every year, you normally pick your stock of the year. Tell us what happened to your 2020 pick, and if you can share us the 2021, <laughs> what happened? You know, I haven't picked a t- 2021 pick yet, but uh-huh. I would say that Zoom and Neo were, were definitely what I liked in 2020, and they both went to the moon. Yes. <laughs> and what was your ni- 2019 pick? Um, gosh, I can't even remember. Did we have 2019? Wasn't that about 20 years ago? <laughs> I can't remember that far back. I, I mean, it does feel like it was two decades ago. I thought it was Taser. Didn't you didn't like Taser at one point? Taser's gone to the moon, but it, they've changed their name to Axon. Right. Yeah, right. they did very well. Um, they've done very, very well what, because what they, are, they do when the you police pick your, your stock of the year, what is the unique thing that you look for in picking your stock of the year? You know, what I'm looking for is what is happening today and tomorrow that wasn't happening yesterday. Yeah. So, you know, when we think about electronic uh, electric vehicles, of course, you could see the trend going in Tesla. But, you know, China had an even more aggressive trend towards electric vehicles. And then they had this company, NIO, that was going to be a competitor of Tesla. And he's killing it. Yeah. Okay. Another trend. Let's talk about real estate a little bit. So we've got the move out of the office into the home office. Even in dining, we have a move Uh, out of indoor dining into alfresco. Talk a little bit about how these changes are affecting the real estate market and what's going to be helped and hurt by that. Well, we're obviously seeing that, you know, malls are hurt tremendously. Uh, Commercial real estate is. And the thing that's really interesting here, although we have seen some restructuring already, is that, um, you know, because the feds were buying up the bonds and helping, what they were hoping for is that we wouldn't have a second wave, right? So the big question here is how many, how much longer can we extend no evictions, no foreclosures? That's more for, you know, individuals than it is for businesses. Um, But, you know, this is a real problem. We're already seeing weakness, certainly in commercial real estate. So I would, I would know what I own, especially in those value funds, because there's a lot of, and you know, even a residential real estate. You know, the experts are saying that the prices are supposed to keep going up because they don't have as much um, inventory as they think they need to meet demand, but they're not considering all of those people that haven't paid their mortgage or right. haven't paid their rent. So, so would, would, are there opportunities? We have a very hot residential real estate market. Would you buy some of the home builders or suppliers? How would you play the hot real estate market? Um, I wouldn't. I would think it's at a top. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so, so I would there not be playing. Are depressed areas of real estate that you think might come back that are at low prices these days? There's no low price real estate in the U.S. that I've known. I mean, there certainly are areas that are lower priced than, um, you know, I mean, anything's lower priced than Manhattan and San Francisco, but they are high priced compared to their own uh, averages. So real estate prices are at an all-time high, and it, it. I think this is just really important to sober up, right? So the all-time high before the Great Recession was uh, 2006 for real estate. It didn't hit bottom until 2011. So real estate does not crash overnight. It does, and ni- neither do stocks, by the way, but real estate definitely doesn't. It was pretty low by 2009, but it didn't actually hit its bottom until 2011. So right now we're at an all-time high. And even though malls are suffering and commercial real estate is suffering, the prices haven't dropped enough. Like in, in Manhattan, where I'm at right now, you know, prices, um, even for residents, residential real estate are down 5%. Prices are down in San Francisco. But the affordability is that the average person would have to be spending over 100% of what they're making on housing, and that's on renting or buying. So it's not affecting that affordability yet. Yeah, indeed. Very good. Now, you have what you call red versus blue versus green. So we've had the country is pretty well split 50-50 politically. But you're saying that people are overcoming political differences and the direction is going to continue to be green. Is that what you're, you're getting at? What I'm saying is that there's, it's really interesting is that we actually have more in common than our parties benefit from polarization because their point is to get elected. But the truth is, like, if you start going down the list and, you know, my, my main passion is going to be sustainability. When you ask. Um, You know, is the federal government doing too little to address climate change? Two thirds of Americans believe that. So there is much more, you know, if you ask any uh, conservative Republican if they want clean air, clean water, and um, clean skies, they would say absolutely. Their issue would be, I, but I don't want to subsidize solar to get there, or, you know, I don't want to subsidize Elon Musk to get there. So, you know, if we start out what we have in common, I, we have to, on climate change, you know, this, the science is becoming pretty dire so you know we have to kind of move a little bit more quickly than most consensus will move and and we are but i would just say that we have more in common especially on sustainability Um, let's talk about the economic impact of that so we're going to have john Kerry as kind of the climate change czar under biden yeah Yeah. what are going to be some of the economic implications of putting climate change in the core of policies as far as taxation and how does that affect uh, real estate and utilities, it has so many implications. What are some of the economic implications of putting climate change much more in the center than it has been the last four years? Well, I'm going to be giving you a perspective that you're probably not not considering much yet, and that's this. Look, the only reason that we have the massive economic growth that we have today is because we invested in the Internet in 2000. Mm-hmm. And right now, if the entire world wants green, clean energy products and we invent them, that's an economic growth driver. W- countries need to be able to invent products, goods and services that the rest of the world wants to buy. So I would say it is actually our greatest opportunity for economic growth. Very good. And so are there some specific stock? We've talked about electronic cars and 
solar and things like that. Are there other beneficiaries of the move to stop climate change? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, there's going to be all kinds of things that are going to be invented to try to curtail it. But, you know, smart grid can be it. Um, Utility companies that are investing in that. Uh, A switch from, you know, plastics are some of the problems. So a switch from plastic, those people that are creating plant-based packaging. So -hmm. there's going to be all kinds, you know, everything that you think of, if you can just think of the clean green alternative to it, whether you're the entrepreneur or the investor in the product, just be careful because early stage companies are, you know, the reason that we only have a slice or we have two slices of small caps, value and growth, is because early stage companies are more volatile. And, you know, just like we saw with dot coms, you know, you have like everybody gets money to try to race to the moon, but not everything is going to turn out to be Google or Apple or Zoom, right? Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She actually has a video conference coming up uh, this coming weekend from uh, January 16th to 18th, uh, which she calls the 2021 Crystal Ball Video Conference. You can find out more about that at her website, which is nataliepace.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Natalie Pace, is a stock picker and helps people with their finances. Her website is nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thank you. You've always liked gold and gold stocks, particularly the junior mining gold. Uh, Gold has not done as well, not even close to what cryptocurrencies have done. But what is your outlook on gold and silver in the current market? Well, I mean, I think crypto is kind of like advertises the new gold. So this year, crypto is looking better than gold. But obviously, in 2018, you know, gold was doing better. And gold is trading near its all-time high. I think what's kind of interesting about this um, is that silver is usually the shadow of gold. And so like when gold hit its all time high in 2011, you know, as you know, that period, right when the U S got downgraded. 
Right. Yeah. 2011, when the U.S. got downgraded by Standard and Poor's and we lost our AAA status, gold hit its all-time high. Silver hit its all-time high. This time around, gold is at an all-time high. It's higher than it was in 2011. Silver is trading at about half the price as it was in 2011. So I think that if you are a gold bug and you want a greater opportunity, that you might want to consider silver. Again, you know, you want to do these as hot slices of an appropriately diversified nest egg. So definitely go to nataliepace.com. You'll see a big badge there where you can get your own free web app. You can create your own pie chart. You can see you put in your own salary, your own amount of, of um, you know, how much you have in your nest egg, and it'll tell you how much you should have in each slice. So I strongly recommend that. But silver good. looks good to me. So, so are there some specific stocks, particularly uh, junior stocks, in silver or gold that you would like? You know, I still like McEwen. Uh, it's still one of my favorite ones, MUX. But the other thing is I think that people have to be a little bit careful of the fund. Like let's say you buy a fund in in that because there is, is um, a little bit of financial instability going on and we did see very illiquid uh, funds back in March, I think you want to stick with the higher uh, rated funds. So I've been going more towards, if I can, A or triple A rated funds. So I don't, would not buy a gold or a silver fund or even, especially Just not a cannabis fund. Just give me the name, name or one or two that would fit your criteria, the funds. Um, iShares owned by BlackRock. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Okay. Well, maybe maybe a J.P. Morgan fund if you can find one. But most of the other fund companies are at uh, at AAA. I mean, yeah. sorry, sorry, they're at triple B. So uh-huh. one rung above investment grade. So, um, yeah, so that uh, I think is okay. really, really important. Don't buy. I just started my fund yesterday. And be very careful of the leveraged funds because they also have, um, like, leveraged oil funds. We saw a great amount of illiquidity there. Yes. Yeah. And they dropped like a rock, and they have not returned, even though gold is at an all-time high. Let's go to another topic, which is COVID. So it's impacted the economy in a major way. Um, Are there investment uh, beneficiaries, companies producing vaccines, or how how is a way to play the COVID, uh, uh, you know, conquering COVID, I guess you might say? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, people were interested in Regeneron. Just the interesting thing about the vaccine is that a lot of the companies that are putting out the vaccine are actually the, some of the ones that have the slowest growth and the highest debt. So they're, they're, you're not going to necessarily see this gigantic revenue increase or gigantic stock price increase. But companies like Regeneron that are um, putting out the um, solutions, so when you if when you when or if you do get it, and a lot of their products are immune ba- immune system based, so they do have um, applications for other kinds of things. Um, I really liked a company called Adaptive, and also Veer Technologies, and these are two that focus more on immune system stuff. And then there's kind of a, a weird. Tangential, uh, you know, tangential play to this, which would be um, new beverage, and what they do is like Tahitian noni juice. So it's kind of, you know, it's it's a big immune builder. So I've been focusing more on the immune building side of it. And again, Adaptive Technologies is kind of a mid cap, and Veer Technologies is kind of a mid cap. They were both in the NIH program to help with the COVID response. They are, have big partners. 
um, and they have strong management teams. New Age Beverages is a, is a little tiny company, and they have the Tahitian Noni. And just as full disclosure, I do own stock in these companies. Uh huh. Okay. So, what is your anticipation of the rollout of the vaccine and the impact on the stock market, on the economy? Are we going to have a really robust recovery as the vaccine gets out there this year? Well, it's interesting, you know, the, the Fed say that 2021, we're going to have 4.2% GDP growth, but the IMF is saying more like 3%. So, um, you know, this is a recovery year. It's hard that we, it's it's hard to imagine that we could do worse than last year, right? So it, it's, it should be a better year. The problem is the prices are already overpriced for that recovery. So, yeah. you know, it, when the Fed's printed up the money and all the financial services agents got on the phone and convinced the investors to buy in and all the Robin Hood investors uh, saw that money was being made and they bought in blindly. When all that happened, it pushed stocks up. Again, you wouldn't pay $50 for a latte, so you better know what an average uh, stock price looks like so that you don't pay $50 uh, per latte for your stocks either. How about around the world? Are there opportunities in various parts of the world that are not in the U.S.? Uh, in yeah, the absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, in my um, retreats, we definitely look at what countries are hot. I also outlined this, by the way, in the fourth edition of the ABCs of money. So anybody can go to nataliepace.com. If you scroll down, see the ABCs of money fourth edition. It is an Amazon exclusive. You can do Kindle or you can do print edition. But the countries I identified were Vietnam, China, Indonesia, South Korea, Colombia playing on the cannabis thing, Chile, um, recovery and natural resources. And so would you play exchange-traded funds, or how would you play those countries? Yeah. It's hard to do it with Vietnam, but it's easy to do it with the other countries. Very good. In about the two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of summarize your outlook for this coming year, and what, what are some of the best opportunities that we've talked talked about? Yeah, so the low-hanging fruit here is actually that um, conservation thing we were talking about. You know, most of us uh, really should be battening down the hatches. We should be protecting our wealth. We should be learning how to save thousands of dollars annually in our budget. We should be thinking, uh, rethinking our real estate. Uh, is intergenerational housing right for you? Would it be better to keep the money in the family instead of making landlords and banks rich? So all of those are low-hanging fruit. And, um, you know, saving thousands annually annually by not commuting, saving thousands annually by insulating our homes or LED lighting. And then in terms of our stocks, when stocks are at an all-time high, that's actually the time when you want to make sure that you're capturing your gains. So I would say you need to do that annual rebalancing now. You simply print out a pie chart of what you should have. You can do that with my free web app. Print out a pie chart of what you do have, and then buy low, sell high based on those slices. They tell you what to do. Thanks so much, Natalie. We've had a really very good conversation. Um, My guest this hour has been Natalie Pace. You can find out more about her and her upcoming video conference, the 2001 Crystal Ball Video Conference, on January 16th to 18th. You can uh, join it online and find out more at her website, nataliepace.com. Thanks so much for a great show, Natalie. Thank you. Thanks, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.